Hello and welcome, my friends, to the Fantasy Hot Read podcast, brought to you by FantasyHotRead.com. I'll be your host, Tyler Jinsky. Today we're hitting part seven of eight of our NFL division breakdown. We have a special guest with us, Elliot Chris from the Quant Edge. How's it going, Elliot? It's going well, man. We are we are now in NFL season. I mean, it's not great football with the preseason, but at least there's football back on TV, and uh, it's an exciting time. Tell me a little bit about what the Quant Edge is and uh, what we can find on the website. Absolutely. So, you know, we have tools, optimizers, wide receiver, cornerback matchups, injury tool. This year we're going to be introducing, you know, weekly matchups, dynamic rankings, a pace tool, game script tool, just basically everything you need to become a better DFS and fantasy football player. On top of the fact that we'll have, you know, premium articles and podcasts, our premium membership chat. We're putting out breakdowns of DFS preseason every single night. We're actually going to have a lot of stuff that no one else has, like QB target shares based on you know whether or not it was Dwayne Haskins or Case Keenum, who they're throwing the ball to. We broke all that stuff down for you guys. Uh, you can get all that stuff at thequanedge.com. Use promo code POWERHOUR for $25 off your season pass or $10 off your first month. Awesome. Thank you, Elliot. So before we jump into the first team, just a reminder to everybody, we're going to be talking about half PPR, 12 team, when we're talking about our ranks, projections, ADP, and whatnot. So let's start at the top from last year. The Baltimore Ravens, they finished 10-6 and six last year. Is there a must-have player on the Baltimore Ravens for you, Elliot? Yeah, I think it's Lamar Jackson. I think he's going too low. Any quarterback in NFL history that's for, for 700 or more yards has finished as a top-five quarterback. Uh, the last check of ADP I had was like two weeks ago, and he was QB 18. Now, quarterback is the deepest position, but we're talking about a guy that scored over 16 points in every start, and he couldn't complete a pass. You know, if he can, can complete passes this year, his ceiling becomes tremendous. He's going to probably score 10 rushing touchdowns this season. And if he develops as a passer, instead of just design runs, he's going to get scrambling opportunities, which will be great for big chunks. So I think Lamar Jackson's too low. He's one of those guys that if you're team late-round quarterback, I think he's a guy that could finish in the top five and, and really help you late. Yeah, I'm totally with you on Lamar Jackson. His ADP has crept, crept up. It is at a QB 15, but you can still have him in the 11th round. And I'm with you for all the reasons you just said. And I think it's completely possible that Lamar Jackson – finishes like with a league low in passing yards and touchdowns and still finishes in the top five because of that rushing upside. Exactly. Rushing gives you such a weekly high floor and high ceiling. I mean, Josh Allen is horrendously bad, or he was last year, and he was finishing as a QB1 every week because he was scrambling and taking off nine times a game. That rushing floor is just is so nice for a quarterback. And there's a lot of comparisons, I think, right now between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. But I always tend to lean Jamar, uh, Lamar Jackson's way because, he, like, the difference for me, at least, is Lamar Jackson has designed runs while Josh Allen is more so scrambling. And I can't really count on the scrambles week to week as I can on the actual designed runs. So I'm really liking Lamar Jackson more than Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think both are very intriguing ceiling guys. I think Josh Allen's a cute, uh, stream quarterback where you want to look at situations where he's going to be able to get outside the pocket and, and, and get those scramble plays. But I prefer Josh Allen as my QB2, while Lamar Jackson's a guy I'm comfortable with being my QB1. So we talked about having Lamar Jackson. Is there anybody on the Ravens that you're completely fading and want no part of? So it's interesting, because this guy was actually a big buy for me three months ago, and it's Mark Andrews. Uh, I love the player, Andrews. I think he's the best tight end on the team. But they like Tim Boyle. They're going to play Hayden Hurst. They're going to involve 
uh, all three tight ends. He's not going to be a full-time player, unfortunately. And Lamar Jackson's not going to throw a ton of passes this season. I think now that he's kind of crept up to right after Austin Hooper, on, especially on best ball and draft, as opposed to going in the 14th round, I think the buying window has passed on him because I think a lot of experts or analysts or whatever you want to call us talked him up three months ago, and now everyone's kind of chased that wave up to the top. And I think the, the buying window's passed for him, and so I'm fading him at this point. Yeah, especially in redraft, I don't really see him as a guy you can count on week to week. And as much as it sounds like we love Mark Andrews, the tight end, it's just the volume's just not going to be there. Like with the low amount of volume in the Ravens passing game, like in order for him to see like top eight, top 10 numbers, you'd have to see some crazy target share, like 25 to 30 percent of it just to even get there. So as much as I love him, it's it's just really not an option for me um, in my redraft leagues. Let's move along to the wide receivers. I mean, we've kind of hinted at it that there's not much of a passing game here going on, but do any of these guys interest you? Not, No, to be completely honest. Like, I think uh, Miles Boykin is a very interesting prospect, but I don't want him this year. It's, again, it's a low-volume passing offense. Uh, rookie wide receivers make me nervous. I'm not exactly about to go out there and try to get Willie Sneed or Chris Moore or some guy like that. Um, really, I want the Ravens' run game. You know, this is a team that led the NFL in plays last year. Uh, they have a good chance to do it again. They're going to be incredibly run-heavy, relying on their defense. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Justice Hill is the guy, and I know he's flying up draft boards after looking awesome in his first preseason game, but he's an explosive player. We're talking about all of his touchdowns last season were over 20 yards. So I think he meshes perfectly with Lamar Jackson because when they run that zone read and defenses has to hesitate, either Jackson or Justice Hill are going to use their sub 4-4 speed and have an open lane, and that's dangerous in the open field. So I really like Justice Hill late. But, I, I mean, I know that's not a wide receiver, but basically I'm all in on the Ravens' run game and kind of fading the Ravens' passing game. That's fine. I'm with you on the Ra- on the Ravens' passing game. I've kind of I don't think I've looked at any of the wide receivers. It's just not an option for me. You like Justice Hill. Right now it's RB54. You can get him in the 12th round. Do you like that price? Yeah. He's one of my highest on best ball guys and I would keep drafting him there. You know, an an injury to Mark Ingram and he could become a league winner. I don't think I think Gus Edwards is a definition of a jag. I think that Justice Hill can be used some in the passing game as well. You know, it's low volume but Three, four targets can make a big difference. And his price tag is fantastic as as an upside guy, a zero RB or, you know, kind of guy that is a handcuff but has value to begin with anyway. So I, he's the kind of guy that I like to target at running back in those later rounds. Well, let's just touch on Mark Ingram a little bit right now. He's coming off the board, RB 23, fourth round. You mentioned you're all in the run game. Does that price interest you? Uh, yeah, I, he, he tends to be a guy cause I do so many best balls that I'd grab when he's there in the fifth, as opposed to going out of my way to get him in the fourth, but I understand it. They're going to be the most run dominant team. They spent money on him. They're, they're He's going to play 60 plus percent of the snaps. I mean, he's going to get a workload and he's going to play with Lamar Jackson and they're going to have a good offensive line. So I get the attraction to Mark Ingram. I wish his price tag was a little bit cheaper, but he's definitely a guy I want exposure to this year. Yeah, absolutely. I was taking a peek at some of um, Roman as a new OC there, and you know, I was looking at the last six offenses he ran, and every single one of those offenses had a top 24 running back in them. And then looking at last year when Lamar Jackson took over as a full-time starter, Gus Edwards was averaging 17 carries a game. So I, I would almost give almost all those carries to Mark Ingram. I think he... Mark Ingram's in a good spot to get 240, 250 carries this year and have some involvement in the pass game. So I, I'm with you on that. I'm a little scared that Justice Hill 
and Lamar Jackson might kind of pinch into some of those carries. So I just like you, I'm a little bit hesitant there in the fourth round, but Mark Ingram to me seems like a pretty safe uh, RB2 going forward. Yeah, I think that's the definition of Mark Ingram this year is that when he's on the field, he's going to be involved in one of the, in the most run-dominated offense in the NFL. I'm going to move along to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and if you have any other Ravens you want to touch on. Uh, the defense and kicker, if you're in leagues like that, are certainly interesting. But no, we don't need to spend time on those guys right now. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, who's your must-have player on the Pittsburgh Steelers? There are two guys I really like. Uh, um, Jalen Samuels and Vance McDonald. I think Vance McDonald's got a really good chance to be the tight, the wide receiver, too, essentially, on this team. You know, he's a freak athlete. And I think they, they're going to use him a lot. His big question is his health. But it, when he goes in round eight, I think that's a great spot to swing for upside if you miss out on the big three at, at the top of the draft to try to have weeks where you can have a tight end that matches them. I think Vance McDonald's attractive there. With Jalen Samuels, he was so good for them, and I really think he's going to have a big role in that passing game this year. He could end up being the start, starting slot receiver. He could be the tight end, too. He could be the fullback. He and James Conner could be on the field at the same time. He's just going to be involved in that offense. And obviously, if something happens to James Conner, Jalen Samuels is going to be the top waiver wire pickup in all season-long leagues. He's going to be... You know, he's going to be like a 7.5K guy on DraftKings. And so just like Justice Hill, he's a guy that I think has a role in the offense regardless. He's got a valuable role in the pass game. And he's an injury away, which we know happened to running backs all the time, from being a league-winning type player. So he's a guy that I like to target in that 10th round ring. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be able to sneak him into our tight end spot on Yahoo this year either. Yeah, oh man, that was fun. That was a fun. That was a cheat code. Uh, but yeah, that, that was, I don't know why he got labeled as that. I know he was a tight end coming into the draft, but if you watched him at NC state, he actually, his last two years in college led college football and plays a 15 or more yards. He played wildcat quarterback for them. He was the slot receiver. He played tight end. He played running back and he played fullback. Um, anytime they needed a play, the ball went to him. Like he's an incredibly intelligent football player that does all the little things right and is a great receiver. That's the kind of guy that stays on the football field. And then I also heard that um, one of the NC State coaches that coached Jalen Samuels has moved over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, whether that's a big deal or not, it at least puts another coach in the coaching room that knows how good this guy is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just think you're good. he's going to play more than people are expecting. Okay, so that R, he's right now it's RB41. You can get him in the ninth round. You like that spot? Yeah. For sure. He's an auto pick for me in the 10th. And in the ninth round, I take him uh, depending on who's on the board. You know, it's so much of that stuff is draft dependent in terms of who's falling. But 10th round, he's basically an auto pick for me. Gotcha. Let's uh, move to Big Ben real quick. He, last year, he saw some career highs in completions, attempts, yards. I think it's clear there's going to be some regression, especially with out Antonio Brown present. But you can get him at QB 16 in the 11th round. Any interest in Big Ben this year? I don't mind it if I'm doing like a stack with Juju or Vance or, or a Steelers stack. This team is going to throw the ball a lot. He has no rushing upside to speak of, and Antonio Brown is a, is a big deal to lose. I know he's a head case, but that dude can play football. I know that's not really groundbreaking analysis, but it's, it, it <laughs> is the truth. Um, I just think I would rather a couple other guys in his position unless I'm trying to stack the, the quarterback with the wide receiver. 
Let's finish off the running backs here. We talked about Jalen Samuels. James Conner, RB7. You got to get him at the end of the first round. Any thoughts there? Any time, are there any times you're going to be owning James Conner? Uh, typically, he's got to fall in the draft. Um, for me, it's not even necessarily much of a slam on James Conner, despite the fact that I don't think he's going to get the full Steelers usage that some people predict. I mean, you you ask James Conner one day, he's like, this is going to be a three-back committee and the next day he's like no I'm, I'm playing all the snaps James Conner bounces on whether or not he's going to dominate the snaps every day but um, ultimately I just really am attracted to those wide receivers around the turn where he goes I'd rather Odell Beckham I'd rather Julio Jones I'd rather Tyree Kill Michael Thomas uh, Devontae Adams Travis Kelsey DeAndre Hopkins obviously a couple of those guys are a little bit higher but those are the kind of guys that I have to tend to would have to tend to pick James Conner over and I just don't do it and is there anything to the rookie Benny Snell? I know some people have pointed his way to, you know, take away some of the Connor carries. I even think there was some conversation of him taking some goal line stuff. I mean, obviously we're not drafting Benny Snell, but do you think he's going to have a role whatsoever? Uh, the Steelers said to really like him, despite the fact that, you know, I think on player profiler, his comparison is an actual snail. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's not very athletic. He's a tough guy. You know, he's really an in-between the tackles, lower his shoulder, get the extra yards kind of guy. And I think that's why the Steelers have attracted uh, are attracted to him near the goal line. Uh, ultimately, I think it takes an injury for him to have a major impact on this team, though. Let's move along to the wide receivers. Uh, we got Juju right now, wide receiver seven. You can get him kind of towards the middle, uh, beginning of the second round. He got 166 targets last year, and there's currently 226 targets open. Looks like it could be a pretty fruitful situation for Juju. Do you like him this year at that wide receiver seven spot? Yeah, I think that's the exact right price, and I, I've been—he's one of my highest exposure wide receivers this year. Uh, I really hope they keep him in the slot because I think he's a much better player inside with a free release than he is on the outside, getting you know double teamed or safety over the top. Or, but at the end of the day, the volume is going to be there, and that's what we're really looking for. And he's going to get force-fed the football. Um, so I, I think it's a great situation for Juju this year. You know, there's some narrative around it. Like, you know, A.B. kind of took all the the corner, the cornerback one, let's say, took the attention of that cornerback one way that allowed uh, Juju to thrive and whatnot. Do you think there's anything to that or is that just some silly things people are talking about? No, I mean, I think that it gets overstated, but I think it certainly plays a role stepping up from the guy that defenses uh, to stepping up to the role where the defenses are now focusing completely on you. And the difference between playing in the slot and playing on the outside is significant, and we've seen that in Juju's numbers as well. Um, you tend to play against the number one corners. You know, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a taller task. But Juju's a hell of a player, so he certainly can do it, but it's certainly a harder role. But his increased volume, which is insane because he had a ton of targets last year, should make up for it. Now, it seems to be uh, one or the other for most people out here. Are you on the Moncrief side or the James Washington side of things? I'm not buying Moncrief. I know that we do this every year, that this is the exception because he's a great athlete and can make plays downfield. Uh, really, his only success is catching touchdowns from Andrew Luck, and he would have two, and he'd have like 30 yards on six catches. I, I know he tests as a great athlete, but I don't really believe it. I was a fan of James Washington, even though he had a horrible rookie year. Um, I'm, I'm not really buying Moncrief. I, just, I don't believe in the player. I just think it's something we do every year, and maybe this is finally the situation. It's the best. It's a great situation. Not that Indy with Luck wasn't a great situation as a wide receiver too. There, um, I just, 
I think the buying window is when he was in the 15th or 16th round, and that he goes in the 10th or 11th. It's something that I don't really have much interest in. I think I'm with you on that as well. I was definitely on the Moncrief train early when you could get him in the 13th or the 14th, but the 10th round now just seems a bit too steep because I'm not really into it. And I think I'm with you where everyone's like, oh, who's going to be the wide receiver too? Is it going to be Moncrief or Washington? When it very well, might the 2-3 might be Vance McDonald and Jalen Samuels. That's completely possible, and people are ignoring it because they don't actually have wide receiver next to their name, but both guys are going to be lined up at wide receiver plenty. Awesome. Is there any other Steelers you want to touch on before we move along? I think Deontay Johnson's a deep sleeper this year. He could end up getting the starting slot job. PFF actually compared him to Antonio Brown. Um, And if Juju moves outside, I think Johnson could be a fantasy-relevant player uh, that you can get in the last round of drafts. I think there's something to it. I mean, when the Steelers draft a wide receiver, uh, I think it's been a, a proven fact that people better at least pay attention. That team is better at drafting wide receivers than any in the league. They, I don't know what they do, but just assume that if you didn't like a receiver and the Steelers drafted them, uh, you got it wrong. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. It's it's pretty incredible, the wide receivers that have come out of there. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns. 7, 8, and 1 in 2018. There is a considerable amount of hype around, uh, with the Browns this year. Is, is the hype worth it, Elliot? I think it is. I mean, the offensive line is the biggest question mark. But as a team in general, you know, they have the quarterback, they have the skill players. And on defense, they have uh, potentially the best defensive line in football. They have two young, incredibly talented corners. Hopefully that Wilkes doesn't put them in off zone and lets them play press man where where they can really succeed. But I think this team is set up. And, you know, Beckham's been trying to catch passes from Eli Manning throwing ducks or throwing the ball 40 yards away from him. Baker's a pinpoint accuracy guy. I think those two guys have a chance to take the league by storm. So let's, let's talk real quick. Who's your most have player on the Browns? I think it's Odell Beckham. You know, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be the wide receiver one overall. I mean, the top seven guys all do, um, but he tends to go fifth off the board. Correct. And he's a guy that I'm grabbing a lot. So if you ever hear me hesitate on ADP a little bit, I understand what the actual ADP is. I'm doing like 15 drafts a day. And every day it's a little bit different, you know, and that's what that's why ADP is obviously always moving. So I'm just going based on the experience of all the different drafts that I'm seeing. Absolutely. And those are those best balls that you're doing. Correct. How many uh, best balls have you got uh, done so far this year, if you don't mind me asking? I'm at about 170. I probably get to 300 or so. Nice, man. That That's that's a lot of best balls. I think I got about 40 done and I thought that was a lot. So that, that's huge, impressive huge stuff. shout out to draft. The fact that I get notified every time it's my pick. Otherwise I'd be in serious trouble when I used to uh, do them on MFL and no knock on MFL, but they, you know, you'd, you'd have a night out, right? You'd wake up the next morning at 10 o'clock and you're like, Oh man, I just auto picked 15 teams. That's not good. Um, <laughs> dra- draft saves you from that one. Yeah. Not, not burning any money. It's always nice. Absolutely. <laughs> So, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr., I'm with you on that one. Wide receiver five, end of the first round. I mean, over the last five years, he is the number two wide receiver in points per game, only behind behind Antonio Brown, and that was dealing with Eli Manning. So it is one of those things where I'm with you. I think he might present, to me at least, the, the best chance at finishing wide receiver one that people aren't automatically picking at the first wide receiver off the board. I'm just a huge fan of his game. It's just, you know, can the guy stay healthy? And I think, you know, it's kind of baked in at, to his end of uh, first round price. Yeah. Cause I think if you were guaranteed that Beckham's playing 16 games, he'd be a wide receiver one. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, the other aspect of this is Todd Monken is he's verticals. That's what he wants to do. He wants to go deep consistently. And Beckham is elite in that area. And Baker's got pinpoint accuracy. And I think he's going to get peppered with targets and very valuable targets. So I think Beckham's in for a monster year. So I, I, I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I was when he when he came out of college. Um, when the Browns drafted him, I was like, I think they finally got their guy. You know, when he took over in week nine of last year, I think he was fantasy's QB seven in points per game moving forward. But right now he's coming off the board at QB five in the sixth round. And I'm personally finding that a little bit too rich for my blood. Yeah, I, I've gotten him in best ball in the eighth or ninth round when I get my exposure to him when other people are waiting on quarterbacks. And typically, I really the the time I'm willing to pay up for him is if I get Odell Beckham. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I'm not taking any quarterback at that point, so I'm, I'm with you in general. Let's finish out the wide receivers. Jarvis Landry, well, wide receiver 27 right now, coming off the board in the sixth round. Do you own any Jarvis Landry? Not really. Uh, again, he's a guy that he's got to fall. And I when when he does, when I do get Jarvis Landry teams, it's really built around high ceiling wide receivers in best ball so he's kind of my floor guy uh ultimately you know i think his he's a guy that's lived on volume because he runs so many underneath routes that if that volume goes away he's just not worth that price tag yeah and he's gotten that volume because he's usually been the number one if if not the number two target and that's just really not the case with obj in town he hasn't had to contend with the wide receiver of that caliber yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to end up owning any Jarvis Landry this year just because he's always need the volume to do it, and it's just not the year for him to get it, I think. Yeah, I agree. Anything to the third wide receiver there, Rashad Higgins or possibly Callaway when he returns? I mean, if Callaway could learn to catch a football, that'd be super helpful because last year very he, helpful. He, he left a lot of touchdowns on the field. Um, this is – he finally does get to play football for – consecutive years which is a big deal but apparently he's only running with the wide receiver twos in part because Higgins looks has looked so good and when Higgins has gotten this opportunity he's done really well and he does have a connection with Mayfield Callaway goes before Higgins very often so I have no problem grabbing Higgins as cheap exposure to the Browns offense yeah I've been getting him pretty late in best balls and the way things are shaking out especially with that Callaway suspension I think there's worse dart throws late in redraft leagues than Rashad Higgins agreed Let's go to the running backs. Uh, Nick Chubb, right now, wide receiver, uh, sorry, running back nine. Get him at the beginning of the second round. I was kind of fading him a little bit just because he was only seeing like two targets per game last year. But now that Duke Johnson shipped away, there's more opportunity for Chubb to be involved in the pass game. Are you owning any Chubb? What's your thoughts on the guy? Yeah. I I I love Love Nick Chubb, the running back, but his usage in the past game is legit concerning. And apparently they really like Hilliard. And the other thing is Hunt is going to come back at some point, or most likely, assuming he doesn't do anything stupid. And he's going to be that pass game guy, and I think they'll end up splitting time more than people want to give credit for. I think Hunt's going to be an RB1 halfway through the season and kind of fade out a little bit, uh, which makes me nervous in terms of drafting him that early. Uh, but I definitely have some Nick Chubb exposure because – if I if you do believe this Browns team is going to be really good and their defense can be good, um, and you're not buying Beckham or Baker, it probably means that Nick Chubb's having a lot of good weeks because this team's not going to score no points. Yeah, and he, he's he's a stud. I, he's secretly like one of the most elusive running backs in the NFL. He breaks a lot of tackles. I think he led the lead, the NFL in yards after contact last year. So there's a lot to like about him. 
Kareem Hunt coming back in in week eight is a bit scary, but if Nick Chubb ended up scoring like 14 touchdowns at the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised. Agreed. I just the the thing for me is with Nick Chubb is that I don't he doesn't have that pass game upside that some of the other guys do in his area. Absolutely. Let's um I think that leaves us with uh Njoku. Tight end 10, eighth round. You own any of him? Not really. He's just not gonna get the volume for me. I think he's drafted more on his athletic ability. He'll have spike weeks for sure, just as a player in that offense, but you know, I'd read there are tight ends that I think are better values a couple rounds later, and he's, he's just not very attractive unless I'm going for a Brown stack. Yeah, he was getting a um, little over six targets when he was there, but when Kitchens took over, he was seeing about four targets a game. So his targets is dropped under Kitchens. They're spreading the ball, ball a little more. Big fan of his athleticism, but I'm with you. I'm not owning any of that Njoku at that tight end 10 price. Any other Browns you'd like to touch on? Uh, I think Hilliard's not a bad dart throw at the end to try to get eight games of a PPR relevant running back in the Duke Johnson role. Let's move to the Cincinnati Bengals. Had a tough year last year, six and ten. Lot due to injury. Is there a must-have player in the Bengals for you? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this team. Well, first off, I, I'd be devastated if I got drafted by the Bengals because it basically means I'm guaranteed to miss. <laughs> my rookie year it's like six straight years it's unbelievable and jonah williams is now hurt bowling retired their offensive line is garbage aj green is hurt you know tyler boyd twitter can't make up their mind whether or not aj green helps or hurts boyd you talk about whether it was with driscoll uh, or whether or not his target share drop with green off the field ultimately i think boyd is best as a wide receiver too um, in the NFL, but they're going to play him in the slot basically exclusively. And we saw in that first drive, Andy Dalton like only looked his way. So if I had to pick a Bengal, he would be it. But this Bengals team in general is is not very exciting to me. I think it's uh, uh, it's it's in for a bit of a hurt in this year. Yeah, I'm with you. And then with the Tyler Boyd thing, I think he averaged 4.6 fewer PPR points per game with Green out. So why his ADP is starting to surge up, I'm not really too sure. And I, he also got a smaller target share, believe it or not, when A.J. Green was off the field. And I, I see him at wide receiver 20 in the fifth round. And to me, that seems, um, you know, it's towards the ceiling. I know he finished better than that last year, but I don't know. He, he doesn't really stick out to me. So I'm not really going to be owning him in the fifth round. There's other guys I'd be looking at. Like, I'd much rather have Chris Godwin than Tyler Boyd. Oh, 100%. Completely agree. I, I mean... The one tricky thing about that stat, because I've used it too, is that Jeff Driscoll did start some of those games. Okay. Um, so like that's three. I think it was three and a half. Right. So, but still, I I like I didn't mind him in the sixth or seventh, but that once he's kind of he's kind of creeped out towards his ceiling, and that always makes me nervous when when looking at players. Absolutely. And let's move over to AJ Green. He was probably one of my favorite targets before the injury just because you could get him so late. Right now, wide receiver 20, fifth round. He's clearly going to miss some time. Are you going to be owning any A.J. Green at that fifth round price? And if not, is there a price at which you'd start picking him up? Uh, Sixth or seventh round is when I'd probably start picking him up. Um, It's funny with A.J. Green, I tweeted out like uh, two days before the injury that A.J. Green is the one guy that I want a ton of exposure to. But every time he finally looks like he's going to fall to me, I got sniped. Like, every single time. So I have, I wanted, like, 25% A.J. Green, and I'm at, like, 4%. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I mean, guess I got lucky there. But I loved AJ Green coming into the year. Uh, drafting guys that are already set to miss time is always something that makes me nervous to do because you never know about setbacks and ankle injuries can linger and all that stuff. But I think he's the kind of guy that's worth risking it for in the sixth or seventh. But in the fifth, there are other receivers in that range that I'm more interested in. All right, let's move along to the next wide receiver would be John Ross. I think this guy scored seven touchdowns on 21 catches last year. Is there any chance that you're going to be taking a shot on John Ross late? Um, in like FFPC best balls, um, where there's 28 teams or whatever, or 28 picks, I wouldn't hate it. You know, they are going to a new offensive system. They're probably going to run a lot of 11. He still is an elite deep threat. Um, but he's just he's due for so much regression with those touchdowns. He's going to have to become a way more efficient player. And he just really hasn't shown it at all in the first two years. So um, I guess the occasional late best ball shot just because he does have elite speed, but not someone I'm going out of my way to target. Let's move along to Andy Dalton. Right now he's going undrafted. You can get him for free. Is there any time you're going to be old, uh, owning Andy Dalton late? I think the reason he's going undrafted is just because the quarterback position is so deep. And if it wasn't, I wouldn't hate him. But I, I ultimately think that, you know, instead of picking up Andy Dalton in the last round of the drafts, I'd rather grab a, a much better quarterback in, in the 13th round. Yeah, he um, only, yeah, he's only got super flex appeal to me. That's about yep. it. Yep. Uh, big guy here, Joe Mixon, RB10. You can get him uh, in that second round, beginning of the second round. Are you owning any J- Joe Mixon at the RB10 price? I've actually started grabbing him some at the uh, back end of the second in some of these drafts I've been in, and that's where I'm willing to take the risk on him because of his workhorse um, value. But, you know, Mike Tagliere has talked a lot about the fact that you need to basically be a top 16 offense to produce a top 10 back. And I think Saquon Barkley is the exception to that rule, but Joe Mixon behind that offensive line on a on a pretty bad Bengals team makes me a little bit nervous with Gio Bernard still there. So. Uh, in the first or early second, I'm passing, but uh, late second is, is a chance where I'll take a, a shot at his workload, but not a guy I'm going out of my way to get. Yeah, I was a lot more excited about him earlier in the year, and then as things have kind of moved along, I'm a little bit less excited. I mean, I think last year he played 14 games. He finishes an RB1 nine of those 14 games. And, you know, I think that RB10 range is exactly where I'd be looking for him, but it's just like you mentioned, and as you've been alluding to, there's just not a lot to be excited about with the Bengals. He, he's just uh... They're falling apart. I, we're talking about their number one receiver and two of their offensive linemen that were there four weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, are it's, gone. It's, it's bad news. Um, any of the other running backs you're owning? Giovanni Bernard, Travion Williams, anything to that? I really like Travion Williams in uh, preseason this last week, and then he... You know, scored a touchdown, had nine points, and got injured and left. But still a good preseason game. But that's about the extent of my inter- my interest in him. Any interest in Tyler Eifert late? I mean, he's had uh, some of the worst issues trying to stay healthy. But when he has been healthy, he's proven to be a pretty good tight end. Uh, is it worth taking a shot late? Because right now he's pretty much free. Uh, I'll take him in DFS. At this point, the way the, all these freak injuries, man. Um, I, at this point, he's just kind of a DFS streamer for me. Gotcha. Um, I think that does it for our four AFC North teams. Is there any other guys you want to talk about? Anybody we missed? I think I think we always pretty uh, in depth right there. I think we knocked out the entire division. That was, that was quick, man. I appreciate that. Dominic, are you with us? I am here. 
All right, I'm going to turn it over to Dom now, Elliot. Let's do it. All right, we're here for the uh, Fantasy High Read 20 questions with uh, Elliot Christ. Yeah, I'll ask some questions to you, and you can give me your answers with a little bit of an explanation. Maybe be a couple bonus questions at the end, but uh, since I've been sitting on hold uh, for the past half hour, I will give you a little bit of news that's happened in the past half hour in case you didn't see it. Amari Cooper has plantar fasciitis in his day-to-day, and Andrew Luck has been confirmed to have a high ankle sprain, and uh, Bollard says he may not be ready for week one. <laughs> so the, who knows if that's going to be like another injury like the uh, shoulder was a couple years ago or not, but at least now they're starting to admit it, so I have to go lower him in my rankings when the podcast is over, although I did lower him earlier today, so I may not have to lower him too far. <laughs> Uh, but what do you think about Andrew Luck? Do you think they're finally admitting that something's wrong with him, or do you think that this is just nothing? Uh, I mean, this is tricky stuff. <laughs> uh, it, it's really the medicals. Honestly, I'll, I'll probably wait for Doctor Chow to 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 chime in because that that's he knows a lot more than I do. Um, I mean, I I don't really draft Luck very much because I don't ever draft high quarterbacks. But if he if he fell significantly and started going like the eighth or ninth round, I would I would get some shares of him just because whenever he does play, he's going to be awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. If he's he's going to be a top five weekly quarterback whenever the weeks that he is on the field, so hopefully that's soon because obviously that's going to totally tear uh, torpedo T Y Hilton's value as well if he's not on the field. Uh, so we're ready. You ready to go and answer some questions? Let's do it. All right. Who is going to be your quarterback one in the division? Baker Mayfield. I don't even think it's uh, that close. I think Lamar Jackson's the guy that could push him. I think the Browns will be a top five offense. Todd Monken, Freddie Kitchens, Odell Beckham, all that talent surrounded Baker. I think we're going to see a guy that has a chance to lead the league in passing offense this year. I, I agree with you there. I think he has a chance to be a no, the number one quarterback. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think he has a chance to be up there. Uh, who do you think is going to be the most overdrafted quarterback? Well, this this really limits me here if Andy Dalton's not getting drafted. <laughs> and I like Lamar Jackson, so I'm going to go with Big Ben by default. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a very down year. He's, he, they have to lower his – he's only thrown over 600 times twice. Obviously, he went 675 last year. I think he's going to be down around 575 to 590 this year. So that just, that just right there is going to lower where he can actually finish. Uh, who's your running back one in the division? It would be James Conner. Uh, I, I think he's got the highest ceiling of any running back. You know, Steelers running backs historically do very well. It should be a very good offense with that offensive line. It's just a situation where I like guys around his ADP much better than, than him at that moment. But the running back I target the most in this division is actually Justice Hill in the 12th round. So that he would be your sleeper then because that would be the next question. I actually love Justice Hill as well this year. I really do like him. So he's going to be your favorite sleeper tight end this year? Uh, yeah, so I guess I cheated a little bit there. But yeah, <laughs> Justice Hill, his game-breaking ability with Lamar Jackson, injury away from being a league-winning guy, and I think he'll still see the field quite a bit. You know, 10 touches in the 12th round at running back is a, is great value with, you know, an injury away from being the workhorse. Yeah, that is great there. And he didn't have a great year last year in college, being injured a little bit, but he had a great year the year before. So he's seen that he can do it for sure when he when he needs to do it. Uh, who, whether it be a running back or not, do you think is going to have the most rushing touchdowns in the division? Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is set up in the best offense, the offense that will score the most points. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. All right. And what uh, what running back do you not want to get? Do you not want any exposure to, if possible, 
Ooh. I have exposure to all these guys. Um, but Joe Mixon at current cost is a guy that I want lower than where he's going to go. All right, and who is your wide receiver one? Um, Odell Beckham. I think he. I think Odell Beckham's got a real shot to finish as wide receiver one overall. I think Juju's the only guy that's even remotely close in the division. Uh, but Juju's got a shot to finish as wide receiver one overall as well. I think that Juju will have more volume. Beckham will have more big plays and more efficiency and ultimately more touchdowns as well. Yeah, I agree. I can, I can actually see Ju- uh, Odell getting up to almost 15 or 16 touchdowns this year, especially as you said, in that that offense is just going to be dominant this year. I think I have them as my, you know, my best offense, fantasy offense of any team this year. It's a little tough right now with, uh, you know, with Tyreek Hill coming back. So that obviously the Chiefs can be good, but uh, with Damian Williams being a little bit of a unknown there, I think that just all around, I think you have to go with the Cleveland Browns as possibly the best fantasy offense this year. Uh, who's your favorite uh, sleeper wide receiver this year? Oh, favorite sleeper wide receiver this year in the division. I guess Rashad Higgins. You know, I'm I'm not sure. I don't want any of the Ravens passing offense. I'm not sure there is a sleeper on the Bengals. Um, and I'm not going Moncrief. So I guess Deontay Johnson or Rashad Higgins, those are a couple late-round guys that I don't think people are targeting right now that I have interest in as cheap exposure to, to high pass volume offenses. And which wide receiver do you think is being taken too high in drafts? Which wide receiver do I think is being picked too high? Dante Moncrief. He's a, he's a, he's being drafted at a ceiling, and anytime you get into that situation, I think that's a that's a dangerous territory. Yeah, I, this it's not a real good division for this next question. But who do you think is going to be the tight end one? Uh Vance McDonald. I think Vance yeah. McDonald, especially if we're just talking about weekly. Uh, points per game. I think it's Vance McDonald. I don't think it's that close. I think an injury is the only thing that makes him not the tight end one of this division. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually. And who, if there is one, do you think there's a sleeper tight end in the division? <laughs> um, I'm not sure there is one. I mean, it was Mark Andrews, but now he's he's going way too high. Uh, and Joku's going too high. I guess it's Tyler Eifert just based on streamability, but he's not really a sleeper. He's just a guy no one wants because he's always hurt. Yeah, I hear you there. So here's a Kate question for you that we talked about before the show started. Who, who's the best kicker in the division? Justin Tucker. And here's another one. Who's your favorite defense in the division? I think it's the Ravens. I think the Ravens could have an elite defense. They have an amazing secondary you can get after the passer. I do think the Browns are a decent sleeper defense because of their defensive line with Miles Garrett and you know, Olivia Vernon and uh, Sheldon Richardson and Larry, I can never pronounce his last name, o- Ogan Boyne or whatever it is. You guys know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, their their defensive line is elite as well, and I always look for defenses that are going to get pressure because that's really how turnovers get forced. All right, so the first non-team-related question is, who is, other than quarterbacks, who's going to be the top fantasy point scorer in the division? Odell Beckham. Odell? Yeah, I think just because there's not a super, super elite running back, I, I can agree with that. And I do think that he's going to have a, like I said, a, as you said, a monster year as well. I see, I can see him getting to a, you know, 90 to 100 receptions for 1,500 yards and 14 to 16 touchdowns. And that's just, you know, he'll dominate that whole division if he does that. Uh, 
what player in this division do you not want to leave your draft without getting? Justice Hill. I know I've used him for a couple of times, and I might use him again. Uh, Justice Hill, Jalen Samuel are probably two of the guys because uh, those are the guys that, because they go in the later rounds, I actually have a lot of control on whether or not they end up on my roster. Yeah, don't be ashamed of that. I, like I said, I love Justice Hill, too. I think he's, I think Mark Ingram may be phased out by midseason or to, towards the end of the season. I think he could really take over. And as you said, you know, it's not the people at the top of the drafts that win your leagues. It's the guys that you get at the end that are league winners. And he could definitely be a league winner for you if you are able to get him or get him during the year. If for some reason you're in a home league that nobody drafts him or something, if you can get him off waivers, that's even better. Uh, who's your favorite rookie in the division? So, I guess Justice Hill, right? Um, <laughs> uh, if I can't use Justice Hill, because we've just knocked out some of these guys. The Ravens have a lot of rookies, but Deontay Johnson would be the next one. Deontay, yeah, he he could definitely do something, especially if Moncrief has his normal season and James Washington isn't what, we, what everybody wants him to be. Uh, who's somebody in this division that people aren't talking about right now, like, very favorably, but as of next year, he's going to be a lot higher in the rankings. Um, who's someone that they're not talking about highly now? That's going to be that's a tough question because if if it was someone that no one's talking about right now, it'd be Dontrell Hilliard because mm-hmm. I think he's going to have that pass game work. But I don't. But Hunt's going to come back, and no one's going to care about him next year. So I, I don't want to cheap out on your answer. I, mean, I guess Kareem Hunt is the easiest one because no one wants him because he's missing eight games. So I'm going to cheat and use Kareem Hunt for this one. Well, you could have said Justice Hill, too, because he's going in the 12th round. You know, by next year, he could be going in the fourth or fifth round, depending on what happens there in Baltimore. Yeah, but you're asking me 20 questions. I can't just say Justice Hill each time. You know, I got I got to try to come up with at least three or four other answers. <laughs> no, I hear you. Uh, so what's one word uh, to describe this division when it comes to their fantasy? I would say electric. All right. Uh, and if one person, if blank stays healthy and puts everything together, he's going to have a monster year. Oh, it's Odell Beckham. Right. If, I mean, if he's, he's, he's the biggest guy that if he stays healthy, that Browns offense is going to be insane. All right. And I got a couple bonus questions for you. Another thing I saw here, we always, everybody talks about people trying to trademark things and all that kind of stuff. It just came through on my phone that, Ohio State is trying to trademark the word the so that they can use the Ohio State on all of their merchandising. Is that it is it just me or is that just totally stupid? It's uh beyond stupid, but it's not anywhere close to the dumbest thing I've probably heard today. <laughs> not <laughs> I, I'm at I'm officially at the stage where nothing surprises me when people try to do different things. But yeah, I you can't trademark the word the <laughs> Exactly. And uh, so you and I are both live in New Jersey. You're, I guess, originally from New Jersey. I'm just from over the border in Pennsylvania. Uh, but what's the one thing about New Jersey that everybody has a stereotype about that you wish they didn't? Jim uh, Tan Laundry. You know, <laughs> with all, all of New Jersey is not the Jersey Shore. Exactly. I, I, that's, that was the worst. I'd never watched that show. It was the worst show ever on TV. And I can't stand that people think that the whole world is just like that when all of those people are from new york anyway and they just happen to have a beach house in new jersey at some point i would love to learn about why like every movie rips on new jersey before that show too like you throw in a movie from like 1995 and they're like oh you're from jersey you suck and i'm like what where did that how did that become a thing (laughs) but i think it's just because because it's so close to new york and everybody loves new york and they think new jersey's just like the uh, little sister 
You want a hot take? New York is the most overrated place I've ever been to in my entire life. I've, I, ne- I've never been there. I've been to Yankee Stadium twice, and that's it. Uh, New York City is a great place to spend $18 on a salad, $20 on a beer. Uh, it smell terrible, be overcrowded, and filled with angry people. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll find out next week. I'm going up there for the first time ever. I'll be in Times Square at the uh, ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Good for you. So, uh, Tyler, you back? Oh, I'm back. I think that, you know, that's that's pretty much going to do it for the AFC North portion here. I think my biggest takeaway is that we I need to own some more Justice Hill. Yeah, because <laughs> I do not have enough. I do not have enough Justice Hill. Um, Elliot, you know, where can they go? Go ahead. Or you got something to say to close this out? I was just going to say that if you came away that you need more Justice Hill, I feel like I did a good job on this podcast. That's it. Justice Hill. Um, where can they find you on Twitter and where can they find your work, Elliot? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot Christ, one L, one T, and Elliot, no H and Christ. Uh, I know, you know, my parents made it difficult on you guys to figure it out, but, you know, s- stick with me. All my uh, work can be found at thequantage.com. And Dom, where can they find your work and where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at EnvisionFF. Uh, you can find my work on FantasyHotRate.com, Rotoballer.com, Razball.com, and hopefully a bunch of other places this year if I can get some jobs going. All right, and you can find me at FFTylero. That's all we have for today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Like the pine trees lining the winding road I've got a name, I've got a name Like a singing bird in the croaking toad I've got a name, I've got a name And I carry it with me like my daddy did But I'm living the dream that he kept here me down the highway, rolling me down the highway, moving ahead to so life won't